This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. you've gotten divine guidance and you've gotten divine power, it's time to take some steps and get into some divine steps and action. Last time we were talking about being empowered for that action and we we reviewed a few of the kind of gifts that you can get from the power of God and the greatest gift we mentioned was the gift of love. Now in order to have divine steps, you have to commit yourself to walk in that spirit of God, to walk in the way that he's leading you and the way that he's directing, to walk in his power. And when you have the spirit of God in you and with you, you do supernatural things. One example of something supernatural, and I alluded to it last time, was that Daniel, he not only interpreted the king's dream, but he also told the king what the dream was about. And if you remember, back in the time of the Babylonian kingdom, the king had all kinds of wise men and all kinds of wise people around him that he would consult whenever he had anything difficult in the kingdom to consider or decisions to make. So he gave his wise men a really tough assignment. He said, I want you to interpret my dream, but I'm not going to tell you what the dream is. You have to tell me the dream and interpret it. And they were saying, King, be reasonable. Nobody can do that. I mean, tell us the dream and we'll be happy to interpret it. And the king says, no, I'm not going to do that. And he went on further to say, if you can't do this, I'm going to kill you. And of course, Daniel hears about it. And he asks the king for a little bit of time because he's going to do what we said before. He's going to go and pray to God for divine guidance and divine power divine resourcing to know what to do. And through the prayers, God reveals to him both what the dream was and also the interpretation of the dream. And so he was able to tell that to the king. Again, that's an example of something that's very divine, something that's very supernatural, or even Daniel later when he was thrown in the lion's den and he wasn't consumed, or his colleagues, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown in the fiery furnace, and they weren't burned up either because there were supernatural events that were taking place in the midst of all of this. We also find that in King David's time, in comparison to the first king, which was King Saul, people were, the women of the area were saying, you know, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has tens of thousands in so many words. And Saul didn't like that, but the point was that the Spirit of God was with David at that point. And so David was more victorious and he had more success even than Saul had had because God had taken his spirit and his power away from Saul because Saul had been disobedient. And in fact, after David committed the sin of adultery with Bathsheba and later had her husband killed in the battle, And that was murder, what he did, because he ordered him to be killed in that way. 
let the enemies kill him and all Israel was to pull back from him. That was a very evil thing and God wasn't happy about it. So in David's prayer of repentance in Psalm 51, one of the things he says is, take not your Holy Spirit away from me, because that's how important the Holy Spirit was. And he knew that he could do none of the things he was doing. He would not have the closeness with God, the relationship with God without that spiritual connection that allowed him to commune with God and to be friend to friend really with God in that relationship. He valued God's divine presence in his life. Now, another person who had the spirit of God at the time of birth and even before was Samson. Samson was a Nazarite and his parents were told, your son's gonna be a Nazarite, don't give him any alcohol. He had all kinds of rules on his hair grow, all kinds of things he was supposed to do as a Nazarite because God planned to work through him to deliver his people. However, Samson, unlike David, he didn't choose to walk by the Spirit. And because he did all kinds of stuff, whatever he thought that he wanted to do, and he really particularly had a weakness for a lot of foreign and strange women, he would uh, get himself into all kinds of trouble following behind beautiful but evil women such as Delilah. And so as a result of Delilah, she actually was responsible for the Philistines being able to come in and to blind him, poke his eyes out and imprison him and so on. This would not have happened if he had continued to walk by the Spirit of God, but instead he was out doing his own thing and he wasn't valuing the presence of the Spirit of God in his life and he wasn't allowing God's Spirit to order his steps. So we want to make sure that we have our minds oriented, you know, by God towards his divine wisdom. And we want to have the power of God also orchestrating our lives. And then we want our steps to also be ordered by God in the workplace and what we're doing. Today, I want to share with you some verses about the fruit of the Spirit and what that is and what it means to walk by the Spirit. And before I do that, I just want to remind you again that I am doing those interviews this month. So if you are a Christian leader in a mid to large size corporation, if you are in a secular corporation and you are willing to share a half hour of your time with me, I'd like to interview you to learn about your leadership journey. What are the challenges that you're experiencing right now? What are the aspirations that you have? And what is the legacy that you want to leave? So if you'd like to spend that 30 minutes in an interview, then contact me at Dr. Karen, D-R period, K-A-R-E-N, at transleadership.com. And I'm going to read today's verses, and then I have my thought questions for you after that. So this comes from Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting in verse 16, and it says, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And I'll pause here for a second just to remind you, remember Samson, he was trying to do a little bit of both at the same time. And over time, that doesn't work. Usually then one is going to win out over the other. And in his case, the flesh won out over the spirit. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So here are my questions for you as you think about your life in the workplace. How are you walking in the Spirit and manifesting the fruit of the Spirit in your workplace? How else can you show more love, patience, and hope in the workplace? How closely are you representing the heavenly kingdom from which you are an ambassador? You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.